Bill finally gave the Ringers Philly Crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shield Kapadia. That's right. Just a couple of Philly guys with a new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Join the fun and follow the Ringers Philly special now on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly and Craig Korolbeck. It's week 11. If you're looking for who to start, who to set, please check out fantasyfootball.theringer.com. We got our rankings there. You can check positions, all the different kinds of scoring. Check everything out. Fantasyfootball.theringer.com. So we recorded a whole thing on the Browns and the Bills and, you know, what's going to happen with the snow and lake effect and all that jazz. Turns out they're not even playing in Buffalo. They're going to play in Detroit. So I'm going to spare you the whole conversation we had on, like, Thunderstow and why it doesn't thunder happen more often during snowstorms? Just spare you that. And we're just going to drop you into the moment we found out live on the podcast that the game's going to be in Detroit. So here you go. But I keep galaxy braining myself. The snow's going to be done by like Saturday. We'll see. Weather changes. Oh, so it's not going to be accumulating during the game. That's the thing. That's important. So I'm like, they're going to clear we know the right snow now. on the field. Right. So the question isn't, will these guys be playing in a foot of snow? It's like, Will the entire Buffalo metropolitan area be completely right. impa- have impassable roads and like no one can get to this game? And so I went from like, oh man, a foot of snow to like, is this just going to be a completely normal game even if they don't go to a dome? I don't I know actually, what to make of this. You guys, they're, they're moving the game. It's on Twitter right now. They're oh, really? Just, to Detroit. <laughs> so this is just a useless Oh my God, I got to bet the over right now. <laughs> no, they've already, they've already thought of that. Don't worry. Wait, let me check. Oh, did they take it off the board? Those bastards. Anyway. So we so get to leave this whole going, conversation so, in the podcast? I don't know. We'll figure that out later. <laughs> are well, they going to Detroit? That, yeah, yes. Well, here's the question. Here's my question for you now. The other, I, this is, I guess, a probably unanswerable question. This is going to be a Browns home game now. Well, th- th- this, I'm so glad you mentioned this, Craig. My probably unanswerable question is, what is with Amari Cooper and the home road splits? <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen this. Amari Cooper has more, fa- half PPR, Amari Cooper has more fantasy points per game at home than he has fantasy points total on the road. Wow. What the hell? He has 18.3 points per game at home, and he just has like 18 points period on the road. Well, I'm, is there a simple explanation to this? Do they only, have they just happened to be playing great teams against a pass on the road? So I, th- I was like, that's what I thought. I like, yeah, let me check. Well, he has five touchdowns at home, and he's like 300 more yards at home this season than the road. Here's the weird part. This is Amari Cooper's entire career. <laughs> and that's what I, I, I kind of... He hates I, traveling. I, I think I'd always known that this was like vaguely a thing. Amari Cooper has basically the same amount of games in his career, home and road. Same that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, no, injuries. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, it does, right? But the point is, but not just game, basically the same amount of targets too. So the same amount of games, same amount of targets. He has 1,200 more receiving yards at home. Oh my God. And twice as many touchdowns. How weird is that? I'm like the same number of targets, basically. Has anyone asked him about that? Yeah. He has been asked, but what's weird is it was a thing for the Cowboys in 2019. And they asked him about it, and him and Dak both were like, wow, I didn't know it was that big. But in Dallas, he was being targeted like half as often on the road. 
And so that's like, okay, well, his numbers will drop. He's being targeted. But at least targets, it's like, oh, well, if he's not targeted, maybe his play's worse. But the fact that in his career, the targets are basically the same, but he has 1,200 more yards at home. But what happens when he, so they're on the road, but like they're in Detroit. So like it's technically probably still Bill's home game, but it's in Detroit. So presumably the, there'll be more Browns <laughs> fans than yeah. like, so does it count as a home game or not? What do you do with Amari Cooper? I mean, this, I just looked it up. Detroit is a two hour, 40 minute drive from Cleveland. Like that's not too bad for Browns fans. No, <laughs> I can't imagine how many people in Buffalo are going to be traveling this weekend. Maybe this is galaxy brain, but DK doesn't like when I psychoanalyze. However, there must Go be a it. lot of Go Lions for fans. For all the Lions fans that like to go to the Lions games that are always in Thanksgiving, there's probably more Lions fans that like would want to go to the Lions in Thanksgiving, but don't want to miss Thanksgiving. And so all the fans who like, I don't know, like there's just a lot of people who like might want to go to Thanksgiving. I don't know. That, that don't know home, that home road like. split thing is bizarre. I could like understand it on some level if you're a quarterback or if you're in like basketball, if you're a shooter or whatever, like you're just more used to like the way that the stadium looks, the way that the rim looks, the way that, you know, like everything looks. Like, what does that have to do with receiving? Like, that's so weird to me. Do you think he just doesn't like traveling? The, I mean, maybe his body is just ultra sensitive to airplane travel or something like <laughs> Hyper that. Hypersensitive? Yeah. Well, Dallas plays in a dome and maybe <laughs> on the road like they don't. sounds like a low-stakes conspiracy theory. We actually got a low-stakes conspiracy theory that someone said that anything over 20 miles an hour is bad for you. So maybe that's a more <laughs> Can we dig like deeper? Is, is there like a real grass versus turf, indoor versus outdoors or anything like that? Well, the weird part is it's his Maybe, entire yeah. career from the Cowboys, the Raiders, and the uh, the Browns. That's the inexplicable part of it. So I don't know why, but anyway. Seems like there would be enough, yeah, there would be enough, there would be enough of a sample there to like figure it out, but I don't know. Who knows? Three different teams? I don't know, but the whole thing's Bizarre. a weird situation. Okay, wait, let's give advice here. Uh, so everything is the same now, right? Th them being in Detroit in a dome on Sunday, you know, treat everything as it was. Yeah. You play Fire all these up. people. Fire it up. Okay. TK, what's your Sunday scary for this weekend? So, I mean, this feels like something we talk about kind of a lot, but it's especially bad this week. The increasingly depraved state of the tight end position. Dallas Goddard, Zach Earth, Zach Ertz, both on injured reserve now. Gerald Everett's banged out. Mark Andrews and David Njoku are kind of question marks going into the, into the weekend. I don't know if they're going to be healthy enough to play. And if they are healthy enough to play, I'm not going to be super confident that they're going to be healthy enough to go off. Yeah, do you play banged up Gerald Everett? Right. That's not really exciting. So, I don't know. To me, this weekend, just set my lineups. I'm very like worried about the tight end position. There's some really just sketchy tight ends and starting lineups this week. Who's, the, who's your guys' like, worst tight end in lineups this week? Or scariest, I should say. I actually might be playing Tyler Higby and Trey McBride this week. Yeah. Trey McBride. That's the thing is like there's several rookies. Greg Dulcich, Trey McBride, maybe Isaiah Likely. Typically, we hate playing rookies because at tight end position in particular, just because, you know, it's usually a position that takes such a long time to develop. You're essentially playing two positions. Maybe that's a little different going forward with guys that are more or less just receivers, like big receivers with Dulcich, Likely, and McBride. Maybe that's going to give me a little more confidence. But overall, just like, man, riding with like Tyler Conklin, Tyler Higby, Cole Komet, even Cole Komet, who's been really good lately. Craig, you laid it out on the last show. It's just the volume isn't there to be really confident about it. You're yeah, I mean, if you Bob had to Tanya. redraft, if you had to redraft tight end right now, starting from scratch, obviously Travis Kelsey is still number one. A, a banged up Mark Andrews is still probably number two. Then you probably go to TJ Hawkinson and, and I yeah. guess George Kittle, and then it dives off a cliff. I yeah. mean, I don't even know who you'd take fifth, sixth, and seventh. It is bleak right now. I mean, <laughs> you, you Pat Fryermuth? Uh, yeah. Fryermuth easily. I, I would try to trade for Pat Fryermuth if you're in this hole because Pat Fryermuth is like the guy. They, the Steelers traded away Chase Claypool in part because they're like, Pat Fryermuth can just do his job. And that's the guy that I think is going to be a big deal. But yeah, it's like, I, I mean, it, it's, it's a land of haves and have nots. As much as anything. Like, the people who have Travis Kelsey, again, are, like, just the, the 1%. And the people who are literally being like, do I play Trey McBride? Or just, I don't know. This It's it's like the tight end position's at, like, the French Revolution point. What's funny is if, if we did redraft tight ends right now, Kyle Pitts is still probably top 10 just because it's so bleak. <laughs> well, okay. I, <laughs> That's sad. Well, uh, while we're here, I actually was thinking about Kyle Pitts this weekend a lot because even amid all this, I was like, you know what? Let me just cut this guy. I'm just going to cut him. You just know what? Get, get it out I'm of like, your life. Get him out like, of did your you life. do it? 
well, no, I'm just so emotional about it. And I'm like, I'm just, I should just play Hayden Hurst over him. Why, why not just play Hayden Hurst over Kyle Pitts? Who cares? And if I'm going to play Hayden Hurst over him, why do I have this guy on my team? I'm sick of him. I get he's getting like targets now, but like, I don't care. Marcus Mario just sailing passes when he's open and, or just like he can't throw. Kyle Pitts, it, it, the whole thing's frustrating. So, Costanza, if every instinct you have is wrong, the opposite must be right. I think Kyle Pitts is his best game of the season because I just <laughs> never have wanted to cut Kyle Pitts so badly. So it has that. to be great. This is the week it's going to happen against the Bears who barely has throw to. <laughs> There's going to be like 15 pass attempts in this game. Yeah. Well, that's like, but this this is the Navy midshipman. It's like, Craig, you called him the Navy midshipman the whole year for the Bears. This is the service academy ball. This is Navy versus Air Force. <laughs> These are the two teams that don't pass. Love yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. I saw a stat from Ryan McDowell today. It was like, basically, there's like six or seven guys in the NFL right now with a 30% target rate, and Kyle Pitts is one of them. But like, It just doesn't matter because they don't it's, throw. It's like 30% 30 of, of like targets. a bagel bite. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, it's like 30% of the Chiefs. It's like a pie, and then you're like, oh, let me split this bagel bite up, and it's like, okay. But on that note, though, so the Bears, we've mentioned this before, but they're back to it. The Bears are passing 21 attempts a game. That's literally the fewest pass attempts Per game. Wow, that was a voice crack. That's how upset I am about all this. I'm just like losing my mind. I can see but it, yeah. That's the fewest pass attempts per game in 40 years. That's DK's entire life. DK's entire life has happened. And nobody has passed fewer per game in the NFL than the Chicago Bears. Jesus. However, if you just take week one out and you just look at like week two through week nine, the Falcons pass less than the Bears do. <laughs> yeah. They're passing less. Love it. This is going to be a fun game. So I was like, but here's the thing. It's funny. I think so. Uh, Air Force just beat Navy, and the mm -hmm. score was thirteen to ten. And so I'm thinking, if if Bears are Navy, and then the Falcons are definitely Air Force, because Air Force actually leads college football in, like rushes and rush attempts in their last and passes. If you bet Falcons to beat the Bears exactly thirteen to ten, it's like two hundred to one odds. <laughs> That's good. Well, the thing about the Bears now is although they're not throwing the ball, they're, they're scoring a lot more, right? I mean, the over-under in this game is 49 and a half, which is remarkable for how little these two teams throw the ball. But both defenses suck and are completely torn apart. So I actually think this will be like a, a sloppy, points-filled, rushing bonanza for both these teams. Well, I just did the NFL show with, with Steven Solak, and Steven, was, Steven, who is a Justin Fields hater, but he was also basically saying that Dean Pease is the Falcons coordinator and on defense and that he's always done a great job containing Russian quarterbacks. And that kind of just made me think, mm. is Justin Field, is, I was, I'm also, you can't go anywhere on the internet anymore without seeing all the SBF memes and about FTX and everything. And I'm like, Justin Fields is just like a cryptocurrency. He is just You're calling him a fraud? No, 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 no. I, not calling him a fraud. I'm thinking about just how all this has cratered and crashed and like how you know this guy's SBS 16 billion dollars gone to zero and I'm like if you have Justin Fields just cash out yeah just trade his ass like, <laughs> Very this much. guy is just magically the number one quarterback a month ago like you picked him up you were hoping you could get like a spot start for you he's literally the number one player in fantasy football last month just cash him out just trade him away take the profits and go live uh, you know live your life go retire exactly take the profit put it in your pocket Go get Travis Kelsey. Just go get just go. I very much just agree with fields. this take. Make sure that you get a lot though. Yeah, but trade him trade him away to someone who thinks this will keep happening. And then when it if it does, cool. If it does not, you'll feel great. So they play Atlanta this week, which should be another great week for Fields. But then after that, they go at the Jets. Then they play the Packers at home. Then they have a bye week fourteen right before the fantasy playoffs. They're on bye. Then they go straight to playing the Eagles and then the Bills. You know how I know to sell Justin Fields. I keep looking at the team in my league with my friends where I've added him. And I'm like, you're so smart, Danny. Great job. And I'm like, that's when you sell. <laughs> when you like do, when you like get the urge to pat yourself on the back, get rid of that thing. Once you begin thinking that maybe all of this isn't luck and it's a little bit of skill, trade, <laughs> sell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so trade his ass away. Uh, <laughs> any other study scaries? I not, think you I have, have one. I, I have a Sunday scare. I was going to say okay, great. <laughs> I don't know. He opened the floor to everyone else first, but yes. We, go we, ahead, we have a rundown that you can see. I thought you were just going to go like, all right, mine <laughs> next Sunday scary. I don't know. Well, I went all out of order with my other stuff, so. That's fair. All right, dive in. Dude, what the fuck are the Rams going to do without Cooper Cup? I'm worried. 
What on earth is this team going to do? Is Allen Robinson the number one now? He's my kombucha girl of the week. Is yeah. Allen Robinson startable now? Like, is he a must start? Uh, not, no, well, there's not, no must start. must start. No, there's no, well, that's, it's not a must start because you look at this uh, takeaway that they, first of all, talk about SB, the frauds. The Rams, there's, this season's so bad that it almost like takes away from how their Super Bowl last year. Like, this yeah. is the worst Super Bowl follow up I've ever seen. And if you take away the Rams, take away the big names, take away Aaron Donald, and like just forget that they just won the Super Bowl. Aside from the Colts when they had Sam Ellinger in, and <laughs> like maybe the worst offense in the NFL. Like, it's probably Trubisky Steelers, but like, the, the Rams are last in yards per play. They're behind the Steelers. They're last in rush attempts per game. They're last in rushing yards per game. The only thing that was keeping this operation going was Cooper Cup. And with we've been talking about it all season. Like, what happens if they lose him? I think the Rams, the only, they're like 28th in all these passing categories. Without Cooper Cup, with their number one receiver being Allen Robinson, who was incapable of catching passes for the first six weeks of the season, Tyler Higby who just cannot catch a pass in an important moment. He just drops everything. I think that this might be the worst offense in the NFL now, with, if, without Cup. But I don't know what's going to happen. They came into the week 27th in offensive DVOA. They were 8th last year. And then they lost their best player. Sta- I think Stafford has fallen off a lot. The offensive line is terrible. They the cannot run line- the ball. They cannot run the ball. Every week they lose two more offensive line. <laughs> well, here's the, the Rams yeah. look like a team that traded away all their picks. Right. Like, it's literally like they were a top-heavy team, and they won the Super Bowl last year because they were absurdly healthy, and all their stars were healthy. And Stafford and Cup and Jalen Rams and Aaron Donald. And then suddenly, when you lose all your depth, and you realize, oh, yeah, right, we traded away our picks. We have nobody behind any of these guys. And they look like it. And then you have Ben Skoranek, suddenly the number two wide receiver on this team. And the... Uh- Resources that they've sunk into the receiver position over the last few years. Tutu Atwell, he, he can't even get on the field. He's like in, he's inactive on game days. Um, yeah, Cam Akers, a couple years before that. Obviously, that whole situation is totally effed. I don't know. Yeah, this, it's just not working out. This shows you, I think this is a great example of like how big of uh, a factor variance is in any given season. You know what I mean? It's like, well, what would we be when saying you win a Super Bowl, them? you just get lucky. What would we be saying about the Rams if they had not won the Super Bowl? Can you imagine what we would be saying about this process of getting rid of your picks if they had just, you know, yeah. not, if they had just not hit that pass against the Bucks at the comeback where they just, like, or if Jaquiski Tart and the NFC Championship game just catches that punt interception that hit him in the chest. If he just catches that ball, what are we saying about this Rams team? Like, Les Snead like is on the stuff. hot seat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sean McVay. Literally in an alternate universe, instead of retiring to make twenty million a year in Amazon, it's like they're like, they're, well, I guess they wouldn't fire McVay, but it's like, firstly, he should have retired. My God, Sean, you got to talk, to, Craig, you got to talk to Sean, your brother, because he's going to be like playing offensive lineman soon for the Rams. The way how badly going. do you think McVay wishes he had just like gone to Amazon and just been, like, uh, made a huge mistake? Kirk Curb Street's job, Michaels and McVay would have been great. And then they're watching the Rams and they fall apart, and then McVay's legend grows because they look worse than Adam. Man, it, ooh, that would yeah. be nice. But with that said, Allen Robinson, we have him on our <laughs> composite rankings uh, that are up on uh, fantasyfootball.theringer.com. We have Allen Robinson as our wide receiver, 37. So he's still technically right outside of the startable three wide receiver group. They're, they're playing in New Orleans. Looks like Marshawn Lattimore might return, cornerback for the Saints. Would you start Allen Robinson? Well, it's a weird week at receiver because the Dolphins are on buys. So that's Tyreek and Waddle. And then you also got um, the Bucks are on by, so that's Mike Evans and, and uh, Chris Godwin. And then you also have the Seahawks on by, so that's Tyler Lockett and TK Metcalf. So it's like it's a lot of starting receivers when you also factor in the Cooper Cups out for the season. It's a lot of people that are just out. Startable is a vague term, Craig. Yes, he's startable. I, I would not be excited about starting him, but you can throw him in the flex if you want. Cooper Cup had a thirty-three percent target share. A third of Max Stafford's passes went to Cooper Cup. The difference is that Cooper Cup is always open, and Allen Robinson is always covered. I will say also, that you can absolutely are, play out different Robinson. roles. They have they play different roles. Like Cooper Cup is mostly on the inside. He's like you know, th- I don't I don't think it's going to necessarily transfer right to Allen Robinson. He's definitely going to get a higher. I target. think it kind of will. Who is going to replace Cooper Cup other than Allen Robinson? I kind of think Allen Robinson will move into the slot more and take that role more than Van Jefferson will or Ben Skoranek. There's no replacement. Look, you can absolutely throw a dart. I think, honestly, the real winner of this is probably Tyler Higby. Like, Tyler Higby at tight end, even though he was probably, like, cuttable two weeks ago. He had eight catches last week. I think he's the sleeper for this weekend, for sure. I think Tyler Higby has 10 catches this week. Like, like you can, I don't know how else they're going to get yardage. 
I think Tyler Higby, if you have him and you're like, please play him over like the Hayden Hursts of the world and the Kyle Pitts's. But I obviously you can play Allen Robinson and hope that he just gets a lot of targets and catches because Cooper Cup's hurt. I think it's many- worth keeping in mind though that there's always like two offenses that just don't actually produce anyone yep. in the passing game you want to play at receiver. Like how the Panthers were for the first two months of the season, where none of those people were helpful except Christian McCaffrey. And that might be the Rams. Like there's a chance that none of these people, it's Tyler Higby at tight end. And that's kind of the only person in the entire team you want in, in your lineup. I'm trying to figure out how many points the Rams are going to score this week. And I want to make, I, I want to make an exact score bet in the Saints Rams game, see if I can hit it. Like if you, if you go Saints 17, Rams 3, it's plus 17,000. <laughs> I would make that bet. I'm not, I right? would put a dollar Do on it. that. I would put a Saints dollar on that. 17, Rams 6 is plus 27,000. So what does that mean? I always need it converted. I, 27 I never, to 1. So what do you mean you put a dollar on it? You get $27. No, it's 270 270. to 1. Yeah, yeah. 270 yeah, yeah. to 1. Excuse me. So you put $1, you win $270. This is why you I always a, ask because I can't you put do that. $10. <laughs> Math is not our strong suit. Yeah. No. $10 down, you win $2,270. I think this is definitely going to do it. No, I'm never putting $10 on the exact <laughs> score, but I'll put it 10 bucks to win two grand. Come on. You can do it. <laughs> Live a little. What if it's 20 to 3? I bought a freaking Powerball ticket. 20 to 3 is 190 to 1. All that feels good. I, I might just bet a bunch of them, put five bucks on three separate scores. I like that. <laughs> Make a couple grand. I'm going to do that. Sure, Craig. You're going to do it. What are the odds on the Rams to not score a touchdown? Because that's the real bet that I would make, is that they do not score a touchdown this week. It would be so funny if they just go off this weekend. Cooper Ewing Cup theory. was holding them back. Cooper Cup, yeah. Well, he, no, well, you ain't there because he just was in Super Bowl MVP. Saints 17, Rams 0. 390 to The Rams win. are going to score points, I think. Are they? <laughs> How? Throwing the ball through the air. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll put some of these down, Craig. The Rams have scored 13 points and 14 points in their last two games. <laughs> Just <laughs> say it. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Do you have any other probably unanswerable questions? Other than how the Rams will score, which is also unanswerable. Is this the week Lamar Jackson finally gets going? Hmm. I'm very curious about this. Since week four, he's been the QB 15 in points per game behind Jimmy G, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Daniel Jones in that stretch. That's obviously not what you want from a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is the former MVP, runs all over the place. I don't know. We just need to get him back on track, I think, for the home stretch. I think he's going to do it. I want those explosion games back. If you remember early in the season, he had like a couple 40-point games. He's winning you weeks. Um, The Panthers, generally speaking, have a pretty good record track record this season against quarterbacks. But if you look at who they've played, they've played a bunch of crappy quarterbacks for the most part. They gave up 19 points to Joe Burrow. That was a decent game from him. They gave up 23 points to Kyler, 22 and 17 to Mariota. So maybe that's like something to do with his running. Otherwise, they faced Jacoby Brissett, Daniel Jones, Jimmy G, Stafford, and James Winston. Maybe this is the week that finally happens. What do you guys think? Jackson has been a kind of an under-discussed storyline this year. Like how disappointing yeah, he's, he's been, been. Kind of bad. Uh, the weird thing though is it's it's not his rushing. I mean, he's still averaging like seventy yards a game on the ground. It's his passing. I mean, Lamar's yeah. had one or less touchdowns in like every game but one in the last six weeks. I mean, the the, the receiving core is very depleted. Mark Andrews has been out. Rashad Bateman is out for the year. Um, so they don't, but the passing game is what seems like the problem here, not Lamar's rushing ability. I think this is like the Packers trading away Devonte Adams. It's the dead dove do not eat. And you're like, I don't know what I was expecting. It's like they traded away Marquise Brown and they're like, I don't know what you were expecting, but like it got yeah. worse. And Rashad Bateman at the end of the day, we're still relying on this guy to break out. And like, he has not been healthy. And again, DK is just like for all our fears of like ACLs, it's like foot injuries. Ooh. Yeah. They're always just hanging around. And they like, they trade away Marquise Brown. 
Rashad Bateman just has foot problems now. It's just like, okay, yeah. well, they have no one. By, like, like Devin DuVernay is their number one receiver. It's like he is a kick returner. Yeah, he's like kind of like a, a gadgety guy. The other thing I think that also matters here is everything you just said, Hyfetz, plus the fact that Greg Roman is their offensive coordinator, and it's just like getting rid of Marquise Brown compounded all their passing game problems because because of the scheme that they run. Like literally, they go out there with one fewer guy than every other team in the NFL. Like they have a full, like a basically full time fullback who has caught like five passes this season or whatever. So again, doing the NFL show on Fridays with Solak and Ruiz has like radicalized me against like Greg Roman. And Greg Roman, in his own <laughs> yeah. words, the offense is medieval. And that is Greg Roman's word, not mine. Every time I watch the Ravens now, and I think about how everything looks hard for the Ravens, while with Mahomes, it's like things look easy. I'm like, why don't the Ravens spread out? Like, it's so weird to me how they're like condensed and they try to power through everything and they don't have receiving options. It's like, why don't the Ravens have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I just kind of can't stop thinking about this now. And so, yeah, I don't think Lamar is going to have this like great because again, he had that great passing season when everything, all of this Lamar offense was new. But now that I, teams don't fear this passing game because they're not designing anything creative, and I don't know, it's just I increasingly just wonder why the Ravens don't have three receivers on the field or four at all times. We just spread everything out. The Ravens are on a three-game winning streak. There you go. <laughs> They're They've six and three. Winning. This is our like <laughs> this is the personality of our podcast, like in a nutshell. <laughs> no, complain, but the Ravens have we been complain about coaches and then say, Oh, by the way, they won the game. They just beat the Browns, the Bucks, and the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. Other unanswerable questions. What does Vegas know about the Colts? The, the spread for this game, the Colts are playing the Eagles. The line is six and a half. Eagles are favorite. I was listening to Bill and Sal this week. They guess like 10, 12, 13. The spread is six and a half. They're in Indianapolis. Is this any given Saturday again? Are we back? Matt Ryan <laughs> and, and Jeff Saturday. So I was looking into this. I was trying to figure out why Vegas thinks this game is going to be closer than the general public. So Matt Ryan at home is averaging 322 yards per game and a seven to one touchdown interception ratio. Oh, wow. There we go. So he's like Amari Cooper. He just can't right. leave. He's reinvigorated Paris Campbell. Passing game seems, you know, seems serviceable now. Jonathan Taylor had his best game of the season last week. He he finally looks healthy. The Eagles lost Dallas Goddard to IR, who is a great run blocker as well as pass catcher. Uh, Jordan Davis, the Eagles star rookie defensive tackle, he's on IR. And when Jordan Davis is off the field, the Eagles are 31st in the NFL in success rate on, on running back carries. Um, they've been getting torched. So, and the Colts D... Flipping it to the other side of the field, not that bad. Only the Broncos have allowed fewer fantasy wide receiver points in Indianapolis. Uh, A.J. Brown, a little beat up, twisted his ankle last week, had one catch for four yards. So I'm trying to envision this game plan. Is it like Colts control the ground game? Jonathan Taylor runs like crazy. They own time of possession. The Eagles struggle to run the ball because the Colts have a good run D. Hurts uh, hasn't really been running as much. Over the past four weeks, he's averaging six rushes for 22 yards per game. Um... So I, I guess the question is, is, is Vegas, what are you up to? This is a Costanza. <laughs> this is definitely a Costanza. Like, oh, you, uh, you know how I, this is, my dad is going to call me at 1245 Eastern on Sunday. <laughs> and he's like, Danny, we got to bet the Eagles. The Eagles, only six points. This is so easy. <laughs> and that is how I know that this is horseshit. This is not real. Like the, the, I, this is there's something to this. This is sketchy. something's up. It's a short week for the Eagles. That's probably a big variable too. Do Do you think that they factor in in the line making, like just the chaos that an interim head coach would bring too? Like positive chaos, like right? Like they just don't know exactly what this team is with this new coach. So maybe they're just like being. But they also do because it's not like Jeff Saturday taught them a new offense. He like just tweaked like they're going to run more than the basically the whole. Matt yeah, they're Ryan playing their gonna, best players. Yeah, they're going to play good players. Like, that's it. They're fucking playing Matt Ryan? Who knew? <laughs> Benching Matt Ryan was the weirdest thing. They were like 3-3-1. Three, three and one. That was I so think bizarre. It was, the he was owner wanted too. it. Jim Irsay wanted it. Yeah, I think Jim Irsay yeah, yeah. wanted it. And I think Jim Irsay, I don't know, whether he looked at it this way or not, it was like, well, either it works or it doesn't work and I'll fire you and use that as an excuse. But yeah. Also, if you want to go even deeper, the Colts run a ton of zone, like the sixth most in the league. 
And Jalen Hurts is way worse versus zone. Versus zone, he has four touchdowns, three picks. First man, 14 touchdowns, three picks. I'd be very curious to know how much of all these variables go into the line making for... I mean, I'm sure it's different everywhere. I mean, more or less all of it. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's like a massive algorithm. algorithm. Yeah. I'd love to know who builds those. Like, let's get that guy on a pod. (laughs) I'm sure he's like all of Warren Sharp's friends. Right. But I just, there's just something up with this, with this line. I just, I was hearing Sal and Bill, they were like, uh, 12 and a half, 11 and a half. And Sal was like, it's six and a half. So what do we do? And they were like, what? That's weird. Do I bet the Colts? How do we make money off of this? (laughs) Uh, You probably just bet the Eagles. (laughs) Right. (laughs) After all that. Yeah, problem. All right. Next award, DK. They're not hot. They're just famous. Talking real football. Cowboys versus Vikings is a very fun game this weekend. This is going to kind of tell us, number one, are the Cowboys hot or are they just famous? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, is this Cowboys team for real? Because I think the Vikings proved last week that they're at least going to be contenders in the NFC. You know what I mean? They have to be taken seriously. And so I think it's going to be fun to watch how Cowboys do against this Vikings team. Obviously, the Vikings have incredible vibes right now. But also, I think this is going to give us a good idea how good the Vikings are in the NFC. Like, can they hang with the Cowboys who have a great defense? They're going up against Dak. The Vikings, famously, outside of last week when they faced Josh Allen, have faced a not very good line of quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke, Kyler Murray, who, you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> Taylor Heineke, Kyler Murray, bad quarterbacks. I mean, do you think Taylor Heineke's good? Like, are you... No, that's not the guy I was laughing about. I was laughing about, you're like, bad quarterbacks, you know. Taylor Heineke, Kyler Murray. Well, I wasn't done with the list. Skylar uh, Thompson, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Jared Goff, Jalen Hurts, they lost that game. Aaron Rodgers. So overall, the list is mostly bad. I think you could make the argument that Kyler hasn't played all that well either. Skyler, um, Kyler, you know, bad quarterback. Scared you know, off Aaron Rodgers. Uh, bad, bad Justin Fields when he was really bad early in the season. So again, this is a good test for the Vikings to see whether they're, you know, another good test. Obviously, last week, I think they played really well, but get, they get dacked this week. Somewhere in Australia, there is like a Vikings fan in like Queensland, Australia, getting his kid ready for school, who's just like absolutely irate at us for like being like, yeah, you beat Josh Allen last week, but like, who have you beaten? (laughs) I mean, if Dallas loses this game, they're frauds. Should this be the SBF game of the week? Yes. Who's the fraud? Fraud of the week. Who's the fraud? Brought to you by FTX. (laughs) The Vikings are 17th in total DVOA. They're eight and one. They're Vikings fans are mad and understandably so because they beat the Bills. You get credit for that. Having said that, I also I, I, again people will get mad at me, but like again, if Justin Jefferson doesn't catch the miracle fourth and eighteen, they just lose to the Bills in a game that they almost came back, but they were down seventeen points, and it's like they just keep coming back from down. And again, the Giants keep doing that. But what's better is to just not keep being down late, and eventually, like not being down late is probably better. And then you have the Cowboys who, <laughs> once they put up that 195 to zero stat entering the fourth quarter at 14 points, you're like, you knew they were going to lose. But like, this is the Cowboys and the Vikings are like the same energy. Cowboys are like, if the Vikings had once been really great and dominant. But, but in the 21st century, I feel like these teams are actually very similar, where like they both have been good, but never reached their potential. And they've had great players, but like never quite done it. And I, something about like, these are the teams I think that are most frequently like, kind of fraud watch yeah and i kind of lean toward the cowboys and i'm sure vikings fans are just going to be like absolutely apoplectic ah, whatever i think cowboys are a better team some fan base is fan of, or is mad at us every single week whatever the jags have a higher dvoa <laughs> than the vikings are you serious yeah wow people are gonna be mad at dvoa now the other thing that comes to mind when we're talking about this isn't dak and uh, kirk their career numbers per game are like oh crazily similar, like That's almost the other exactly reason. the same. Just different branding. Yeah. I'm a Giants fan, and so I, I've never once wanted the Cowboys to like win a game, generally like ever. But I think that I almost want the Cowboys to win this game because I don't think I'll be able to handle people. I mean, how often Bill is just like, tell me the difference between Kirk Cousins and Dak. Like, Dak is better than Kirk Cousins. And I kind of can't, oh my God, don't make the face, Craig. Is he? He I is. Just think- I think Dak's career is going to end and we're all going to look back and realize that he just was fine. 
Like, I think there's always been this potential with Dak that he's never reached. And I'm coming to terms with the fact that he's never going to get there. Like, is he, he's just Tony <laughs> Romo again. Oh, you're, you're just pissing off so many people now. I know that you're offending like multiple different kinds. No, I, I, I'm curious to see how this game goes. This is like a very important. Because on one hand, it's like the quarterbacks never actually play each other. Like Brady Manning, they're not on the field. Having said that, it's a big game. It's a litmus test. I think that the Cowboys are a better team. It's in Minnesota, for what it's worth. I don't know how much that I think it's matters. interesting the Cowboys are favored by a point and a half on the road in Minnesota. The home team, who's 8-1 and one and has the best record in the NFL, is not favored. Yeah, get mad at Vegas. In other words, Craig says, get mad at Vegas, not us. What are you up to, Vegas? <laughs> Every year, though, there is a team like this. The Titans are the number one seed in the AFC last year. Oh, Steelers, when they were started 11-0. Exactly, 11-0 Steelers, like the most fraud. And like there is always just a team that has a lot of wins, and it's just like, yeah. And honestly, even the year before that, the Patriots also, when they started like 8-1, and their Patriots defense on special teams, like their fantasy defense was like a top five player overall. But like they just played all the young, bad quarterbacks first. And then when they played normal teams, and they, the page, Tom Brady left the fucking team. Do you guys think there's a media talking point that riles fans up more than when talking heads or whoever called team fraudulent? Like, fraudulent is the most offensive thing you can say. <laughs> well, it's the SBF. This is the SBF <laughs> You're a fraud. fraud game brought to you by FTX, DK. Which of these teams is a uh, Ponzi scheme? Which one of these, yeah, which one of these teams is actually taking the, the season ticket deposits and then actually <laughs> investing them? Into that's like, the Rams. The, that's the Rams. Uh, no, definitely Washington. You're wrong. Definitely. <laughs> there's, there's oh, like you're talking literally, yes. I was, yeah, I was speaking yeah. metaphorically, but yes, literally they are fraudulent. Whose books are cooked? <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. I can't remember a year where so many teams in like the top 10 record-wise are just complete frauds. Like the Vikings are eight and one, in my opinion, frauds. We have the Jets, six and three, in my opinion, frauds. Yeah. The Giants, seven and two, in my opinion, huge frauds. frauds. Well, no, 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 no. The Giants are actually good then because all the times they came back was that was skill. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. That was skill. The Vikings coming back is luck to win those games, but the mm-hmm. Giants coming back is because Dable's a good coach. So it's going to be like three 11 and 12 win teams in the playoffs that I think are just complete frauds. <laughs> You're already betting against them. I yes. Love it. I just hope they don't play each other because then I won't know what to do. If it's like a Vikings-Giants playoff game, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I do think this is suddenly a very serious football conversation, but Mina Kimes and Orlovsky, and they had a great segment on NFL Live uh, this week about basically this. It's like, why is football weird? But really, it was about the running game being back. And they, Mina had this incredible stat poll that basically it's about the type. So not only are, is rushing at an all-time high with yards per carry and then like yards per completions at like an all time or yards per attempt at the all time low. But the types of runs like power run, like which for lack without going, you cut, there's man in zone coverage. There's also man in zone blocking. It's like zone blocking, you block a space, man blocking, you block a man. Basically, man blocking is up a whole yard per carry, which doesn't sound like much, but to go from per carry, half, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Per carry, to go from like 4.1 yards, to go basically four yards a carry last season to more than five yards a carry now, that is a crazy jump that you more or less never see in a season to season. That's always gradual. Yeah, that's and, the difference between getting to a third down or not. It's insane. And so looking at, and so they had this conversation, but basically the big picture conversation, Ryan Clark then made this point that I've been thinking about like all for like 48 hours, which was, all these defenders have been trained to like go horizontal and like chase all these fast people. Think about Tyreek Hill. Running, yeah. Running. Like, like Tyreek Hill bubble screen. And you're like, run, run, horizontal. And like, but they're growing up like that in high school football. And then you go to Georgia and you got to chase down Alabama receivers. And then now in the NFL, they're like, you know what's back? North, south. Attacking Taking on blocks. Like, can those like fast athletic people we put on the field, can they actually like come up and fill the run like and attack you? the way it was like 12 years ago when it was like the Mike Vrabel 
big shoulder pads linebackers were playing. <laughs> and it was so interesting. But I think about that a lot with this game because I kind of think, I don't know. Much like this, the, the television landscape and streaming ecosystem we're currently living in that's inevitably headed back towards a large cable-like bundle, <laughs> I'm very excited <laughs> for the NFL to resort back to just power running and 280-pound linebackers. It is literally true. It's literally the same. Passing is, is streaming, and cable <laughs> is, like, is, is the running game. And everyone's like, you know what? I miss cable. Yeah. Give, me, give me cable. Just, I want to pay back. one fee and get all the channels. Just stop with the shit. You know what's nice? Just being like, oh, the game's on. I'm going to turn that on. <laughs> I hate having to use five different freaking streaming platforms, a VPN, all this stuff, and it still never works. I had someone over to watch the games with me on Sunday, like a couple weeks ago. And I was, I brought, I have like, I don't know, this whole, basically I brought down this like third TV because I wanted to put like the, this game on, on CBS. But like with Fox, you can stream through the app. But on CBS, you have to go to the Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. But there's also CBS Sports. Could, couldn't put it on. Yep. And I Google it, and it like, <laughs> says it's on Paramount Plus. And I'm like checking, and it's like, yeah, this game's on Paramount. And I couldn't get it. And I'm like, this is my job. I spent 20 minutes on this. I don't know how to find this football game. I don't know. Sounds like my experience with Bluetooth. You need like an yeah. engineering degree to figure out how to watch <laughs> and operate every streaming service. You need to be able to write code. I'm just I just go to Reddit and illegally stream shit half the time now. I'm like, you know what? I'm not paying for the Pac-12 network. Craig, who is a professional, like you're paid to watch football just illegally streaming. The problem is that it's easier. Oh, it's 100% easier. Like I have Sunday ticket. That's all fine. But like when you need to watch like a random game that's on like a weird channel, I'm just like, I'm just going to Reddit. But that's the fundamental problem and how you know cable is to come back. The entire like trade-off of the internet era thus far with watching shit has been, if you want to do it for free, it's harder. Now we're at the point where if you want to do it for free, it's kind of easier because it's so hard to Seriously. pay for things. And like ads are coming back on every streaming service now. Oh it's my like God. Ne- Netflix is getting ads. <laughs> like, I, I, we, I got an idea. We can call them commercials. <laughs> Go or also, commercial not, break. also YouTube. Dude. I, I got one of the first times for the one of the first times I got like the second long ad. Like yeah. it's one thing to like, like five second ad <laughs> and the other five second ad, but they're rolling out like the 15 second ad unskippable to the other unskippable 15 Oof. second ad to, or like the unskippable. Like, and I'm like, nah, 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 also nah, nah. ads on streaming are 10 times worse than ads on cable because it's like the same four ads on repeat over and yeah. over and over for three hours. You feel like you're going insane. <laughs> Once again, begging you, how does advertising work? <laughs> I don't understand. How is it still possible that when you stream like Monday Night Football on ESPN, that they can't sell more than like three commercials? Like, how is this possible that the same also, free play every time? Streaming commercials are worse than TV commercials. I think that their budgets, I mean, assuming the budgets for making those commercials, those ads are far less than like a television commercial. So the actual ads are terrible. Except for that very, did you guys stream that very nice gentleman in the pandemic who was like, mental health is important. Here are some tips. Take walks, check in with loved ones. And I'm like, what is this for? Is this going to be like some weird ass job? And it was just like, I don't know, some mental health organization. And I was like, that, I like this guy. <laughs> I just thought it was going to be for like, I don't know, Toyota. And it was just not. If I have to suffer through the witty repartee between Adam Scott and Cecily Strong one more time about the fucking Verizon plan, I'm going to jump off <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. The only thing Julian Edelman likes less than dropping balls is dropping calls. Right. Also, why are they sitting on the logo? You know, who knows? Oh my God. I just can't wait. I just love the idea of like a some business executive at Netflix or HBO who makes like $15 million a year, got like their business degree from Harvard sits down and goes, hey, I got an idea. What if, when you're watching Stranger Things, every 15 minutes, you break and it takes you to an ad and then you come back. And we, just, we do it three times in an hour. You know, we hit our, we, we, we get so much added revenue from the ads, subscriptions, and someone's like, genius, you're, I'm giving you a raise, sir. But it this is, is like it, how VCs in, uh, or, or whatever, Silicon Valley, like geniuses or whatever, reinvent buses. They're called Uber U- bus. Uber bus. <laughs> That's just a bus. <laughs> what if an Uber picks people up at designated locations around the city? 
<laughs> we'll call them Uber spots. Like, I just can't wait for, I, what is the new, they're never going to use the word cable again. Like, inevitably, when Apple and Amazon just buy all the other streaming services and it's just two massive bundles, is it going to be called bundling? You're right. We should come up with the name. Yeah, when, when Amazon buys like HBO and Paramount Plus and Netflix, and it's like, you can get all of these together in one with live sports, you know, that Amazon is providing. They just can't call it cable or else people are going to be upset. No, they're just going to give it a new name. It's the, no, it's, well, again, I can't emphasize enough how little I know about business. Um, <laughs> Want to be super clear on that up front. But the only three even in competition, it's Apple, Google, or YouTube. And it's really, or Apple, YouTube, or um, Amazon. It's like, YouTube has to be the front runner, right? So like, what would it be called? It would be called, because they already did YouTube TV and like, that's, a, it's going to be like YouTube something. And like the plus is out, like the only good commercial right now is Hulu, where they're like, what should we call it? Hulu plus plus. Like, that's the only funny one. So it's got to be like YouTube all, not YouTube all, but like YouTube universe. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's going to be like a YouTube something. Yeah. Anyway, running. It's coming back. It's back. Five yards of carry. Not bad. Power. It's all cyclical. Everything is cyclical. If you really Email us that. at ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com if you know what will replace the term cable or bundle for like the exact same package, but it's called something else. What? Ethernet instead of cable. Uh, we're workshopping it, so keep keep going. Keep going. Move it along. All right, next award, DK. Let's do the Mario Kart Rainbow Strip. I mentioned this team last week or a week before, I can't remember, but the Texans run defense. Woof, it's bad. Washington <laughs> running backs get the Texans this week. The Texans have the worst run defense in the NFL, or according to uh, opposing points to running backs in fantasy. They are pretty good against quarterbacks and receivers and tight ends for what it's worth which means it's a huge run funnel defense, like basically telling teams to run the ball. Are they a run funnel or do they just suck? And then teams are running on them to run out the clock. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if it matters for this case, but you're probably right. There's something there. They can just easily run. And so therefore teams do. In the last month, here, I'm just going to read off the last four games. Saquon Barkley, 35 carries, 152 yards and a touchdown, 22 points. Yeah. Miles Sanders, 17, 93 and a touchdown, 15 points. Derrick Henry, 32 rushes, 219 yards, two touchdowns, 35 fantasy points. Four games in a row. I still think that's the craziest stat I've heard all season is that Derrick (laughs) Henry, 200 yards in four straight games. There's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. We're going to run. I think you could convince me, if you wanted to argue what are like the best football stats you've like ever heard, period. I could make a really good case that Derrick Henry... Are we 100% sure this is actually true? He's done it four times against the Texans? Four times in a row! (laughs) How many crazier things have ever been done in NFL history? There's only like 30 of those games, period. Anyway, sorry, continue. Oh, that's okay. The Uh, point is they suck. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're making my point, Hyph. It's like, I appreciate it. And then Josh Jacobs, week before that, 20 rushes, 143 yards, three touchdowns. So I just think this means confidence for Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. I think Washington's just going to run the piss out of the wall. I know that we've said this before, but I just can't get over it. They're like, all right, we're playing the Titans this week. Ryan Tannehill's out. Now, I know that Derrick Henry has run for 200 yards each of the last three times we've played him. However, <laughs> how do we want to defend the Titans this week? What should we focus we're just, on? We're going to stop the pass. Like, what's worse? Them not identifying that or them preparing all week to stop Derrick Henry and him getting 200 yards anyway? Like, I don't even know which is worse. Why are the commanders are kind of good and they're only favored by three against the Texans? I might take that. What's up, Vegas? What's going on? <laughs> what are you up to, Vegas? What do you know? <laughs> Heineke's good. Heineke is so annoying. The, the, what was your guy? This was divisive. What did you think about him celebrating like he'd like won the Super Bowl after he got Oh, that, and then like, he drew the personal or the late yeah. hit or whatever. I both get why he celebrated <laughs> like that. However, that was the most off-putting celebration by a player uh, in, in years. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he, he just beat the undefeated Eagles on Monday oh, night in Philadelphia. He I'm can happy do whatever he wants. Him. Yeah, he was a backup in the XFL or whatever. I get it. What I'm saying is I can also be annoyed by taking a knee and then celebrating because you won because someone who was chasing you and you gave up and they fell into you and you won the game. It's like draw, it's like drawing a charge. It is. Yeah. Celebrating drawing a charge. the most annoying thing. It's like, it's like he drew a charge by accident. And then whatever. <laughs> That's there why. is no more exhilarating feeling in basketball than taking a, a really pivotal charge. <laughs> but, but that requires, you have, but you can't take a charge on, like you have to do it on purpose. Maybe, well, maybe he knew what he was doing. It was a crafty kneel down four seconds into the play. 
It's actually, I think it's not like taking a charge. It's more like, it's closer to like how Rodman used to just like poke and prod at people until they would like punch him and like draw a T. No, it's, it, you know what it is? It's no, when it's, a player. It's an accident. Yeah. Well, I don't know. That's yeah. He was afraid of fumbling because he's like, I'm going to get sacked and I'm going to fumble. It's the only way we can lose the game. Panic, panic, kneel down. And then he just got, and then, oh. And then 10 seconds later, Brandon Graham hit him. What, what are you doing, man? <laughs> it was such a long, like, people were talking about how, like, oh, it was like a bang, bang play. I'm like, dude, he was like five steps away. Like, no, I, I don't think I it think was it that makes sense. close. No, because he was sprinting. And, like, in that situation, one, he can't just stop on a dime. He's running like, as fast as he can. And then also, like, he tried to stop. Like, if you watch, it was like, oh, I have to touch this person but not hit them. And that's what I he mean, did. it was it was a weak call. But still, like, I feel like it wasn't a bang-bang play. Like, there was several steps in there. It's also, like, one of the more unnatural things you have to do on the field. Like, how often does the quarterback kneel down four <laughs> seconds into the play and you have to let up? Like, it's just so exactly. unnatural in your brain. It's out of sample from everything you've ever done in your life. Yeah, this is like a good point because I was asking just the world on Twitter basically why so many offenses... I was so many chatting offenses, with the world. I was just throwing it out there, putting it out into the world and see what happens. Uh, basically, the amount of times wide receivers get called for like crackback blocks and stuff t- just seems crazy to me. Like, do they not know that it's a rule that you can't do that? Like, that, I, like I had that actual question in my head. Like, are they unaware of this rule? Because I see it feels like it gets called in every game. Um, and then I think Mitchell Schwartz responded is basically like, it's just very difficult for football players who are like trained to like play highly aggressive, hit, run and hit, you know, go balls to the wall, all that stuff to like not do it in the moment. Like, it's just like, you got to switch that flip or flip that switch or whatever. This is a similar situation, I think. But like, that's just part of the game now with like quarterbacks being protected so much is like these defensive players have to really, I don't know. It's just like, they're not used to playing like that. I'm going to bet the Commanders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think actually they're getting better. All right. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to everyone shoveling snow in Buffalo, um, even though they're not playing the game there. It seems super hard. Good luck with that. I'm sorry that I called Dak Prescott Tony Romo. Is that an insult? <laughs> I don't even know. Romo's no, you didn't, you didn't call Dak Prescott Tony Romo. You said that Tony Romo was fine. And a lot of people are going to be upset about that. How many uh, people like believe that he was great? I'd like great. to apologize to Sam Bankman-Fried for calling you a fraud. <laughs> Sorry about listening. that. Tony Romo, two and four in the playoffs career. Thank you, Lord! <laughs> it's just... Uh, uh, thank you, Too Short. Who? Nice. Too Short. Oh. You still don't know who he is, do you? One of the no, cooler no names. Idea. No idea who Too Short is. <laughs> totally trying to get away with that. It's funny because I feel like the short guys go by big and then the big guys go by little, but too short seems like he's actually short. No, he's short. He's too short, actually. <laughs> That's below you. I, that actually was, I, that was interesting. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone.